Amazing Geek number 18. Recorded on the planet 1998 QZ, also known as Poisson. <laughs> Poisson as in fish? Apparently. I huh. can only assume that it, it's right next to the planet Julie Grady, so we could have come from that planet instead. Well, I, you know what they say, men are from 1998 Poisson and women are from Julie Grady. <laughs> well, everybody, if you haven't guessed by now, I'm your host, Craig. And I'm your host, Pat. And we are the Three Amigos. The Two Amigos. The, the Three Amigos mi- minus one. The other amigo has been killed because it was an orphan. So it's like the end of the year. Well, it might be the beginning of the year somewhere. Oh, oh, that international dateline, it's trouble. Exactly. So it is the end of the year, and as we all know, 2008 was the most dynamic year on history, except for 2007 and before. <laughs> it was the most dynamic year beginning in 2000 and ending in 8 ever. <laughs> That's right. So, so year 20,000... 48, eat your heart out. (laughs) So uh, what were the big events this year? Well, the big events, let me see. I survived 2008. Did you? No, I'm dead. Yeah, another year of debauchery and loose living. Yeah, so it's uh, another year of undead zombie brain eating for me. Yeah, so all right, 2008, let's see. We do not yet have robot overlords. Or flying cars. I don't know. Let me see. According to the year, or I'm sorry, according to the movie Back to the Future 2, uh, we have seven more years before we should have flying cars and hovering skateboards. Well, I want, oh, I don't know which I want more, a flying car or a hoverboard. They both, I'd, I'd kill myself in a hoverboard. I got to go with the car. Yeah, I would like that. Or a $50 Coke. <laughs> I think we're almost there. That's right. When when a bottle of Coke costs more than a barrel of oil, then you know that you're in Bizarro World. It's 2015. It is 2015. I have to tell you something first that's really funny. Have you ever heard of The Flight of the Concords? No. It's this ra- No, it's this random show on HBO. It's about this New Zealand band and they do kind of like odd music and it's the show is the funniest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. It, it's just it's very deadpan, but they have this one song that they do called uh, The Humans Are Dead, and at the very beginning, they're like, you know, it is the distant future. It is the year 2000. <laughs> and, you know, it, it's just funny because it was done in like 2006. It's awesome. That, I guess that's awesome. It is do awesome. I, maybe I have to be Australian to like get the humor, or New Zealandian. Australian. Put another shrimp on the bobby. Or don't. No. All right. All right. So, all right. Now, so for all of our listeners that are still with us, now for something completely different. Thank you, all three of you. Yeah. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you in 2009. <laughs> so, so we've got a list of the, the top ten events. Ten top events in no particular order. Yeah, and they're the highlights of 2008. These are the events that made the year 2008 – worth living through. Only because these 10 things happened did millions of people not commit violent, gory suicide. Wow. So then what was, what was the first event that didn't 
make people commit violent, gory suicide. Bill Gates steps down from uh, as chairman of Microsoft. Now, he's still their chief technologist or something? Oh, I don't know. He's something, yeah. Basically, he's still, like, does a lot. But I would have to say that this was, in my opinion, it was a wonderful thing. First of all, because I got to see his last speech live, and which I we talked about earlier, but when I was at TechEd. However, I would have to say that Bill Gates just basically was driving Microsoft using this like cult of personality. Now that Steve Ballmer's in there, Microsoft has been going in a much better direction, I think. So I think and, that it was And very, throwing chairs. And throwing chairs. Why is it throwing chairs? Isn't Steve Ballmer famous for like freaking out and throwing chairs and having like the monkey boy dance video? Oh, he yes, that's true. Well, I was just thinking that it, its business is like much it seems to be much less predatory now. It, it actually Microsoft seems to be playing nice. Maybe it's just a, a facade, but it's a facade I can live with. <laughs> okay. And I mean, if you're Bill Gates, don't you be like, wake up one morning, oh my God, I have tens of billions of dollars. I don't have to do anything ever. I mean, someday that has to just hit you. Well, he's, he's not doing nothing, though. He's going to, you know, he's going to devote all of his time to his foundation, which, all right, I'm going to step down as chairman of the most successful company on earth to <laughs> help people. Oh, please. <laughs> All right. So that uh, that's definitely monumental. It was monumental. Geek world. Yeah. In Geek World, yeah. So uh, what about Vista? Was that this year? That was. It came out last year, didn't it? It did come out last year. This year was the year that it really failed. I, I mean, as a product, I don't think it's failed. I mean, I think it's a fine product, as anyone who has listened to Tweaking Geek since the beginning knows that we both, you know, at least don't hate Vista. But this is this is the year that uh, Vista was, or that the successor to Vista was announced, Windows Seven. Because basically, even though they said it was going to be a long time before there's another uh, Microsoft operating system, Vista just had such a perception of failure that Microsoft had to move on it. Yeah, and it's, I mean, it's still widely just considered failure, and commercially it kind of is, right? I mean, the only people who have it are people who it came pre-installed on their machines. Yeah. Well, Microsoft had a bad uh, marketing thing when, you know, they're, they're basically the marketing, you know, strategy that they had was this Vista-capable uh, certification for hardware, and when a lot of Vista-capable uh, certification was capable for Windows Vista Basic, which, as we know, is basically not anything. All right, so moving on. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right, so this, this I think, Vista's was... Vista's not worth our time. <laughs> I know. Poor Vista. I love Vista. I love you, Vista. Um, f- the first internet presidential election, which, not like you you voted online or anything. I mean, but... there was some internet in the last one, but it was it was still coming into its own. Right. Well, it was. I, I think we ha- we the only person we really have to thank for that is Barack Obama. He just really like seemed to have his finger on the pulse of that sort of thing, doing things like Twitter and Facebook and all that stuff. So he just really, you know, I think the youth factor. Even though he's not that young, but he's young enough that he just kind of he wasn't, you know, like the senator from Alaska who's like, it's tubes, it's a system of tubes. So it's so. Uh... 
I, I can't believe that it was Barack Obama who did all this stuff. It was some clever PR-minded staffer who did all this internet stuff. And so here's my challenge to you. When's the last time Barack Obama tweeted? I don't know. I never followed him on Twitter. I thought that was stupid. Because <laughs> um, I, I don't think it's happened since the election. You know, and that's okay. I mean, it really was, an, uh, you know, a let's get reelected thing. I, I would much rather have Barack Obama trying to figure out how to let me keep my job for another year rather than, uh, you know, wondering, you know, what, what he just saw at, you know, at the gap or whatever. I don't know. what what is. I, I did just check twitter.com slash Barack Obama. And yeah. The last tweet was at 11.34 a.m. on November 5th. Huh. That, that, what, what did it say? Was it like a thank you tweet? Yes. We just made history. All of this happened because you gave your time, talent, and passion. All of this happened because of you. Thanks. You know what's interesting about it is there's no closing punctuation, so I wonder if he didn't know about the 140-character limit and was actually typing a big, long message. Yeah. Thank you all. I promise that the bloodshed will be... <laughs> okay, moving on. <laughs> All right, number what's what's our next uh wonderful event of 2008? Um I don't I don't know that this event is wonderful. Google released a browser. And that browser's name is Chrome. Yay. So, just what I just what I thought we needed. Let's rebundle WebKit into another browser. That's a great idea. Perhaps, but I I, I, I don't think it's a great idea. I, I, at this point, I don't think we need to splinter to another significant mainstream browser. I don't know. I think even if the Google browser isn't successful or doesn't really get much, I think it's got some interesting features that I think will help to push the other browsers to uh, to perform better. And you know what? And I've, I've read things about the Mozilla Foundation saying now that, you know, basically Google has been their biggest benefactor you know in the past so this is kind of one of those things where their relationship is different but the, google still helps out you know firefox a lot so i guess all we can do is look i think it, i think it's good i think it's a sign of things to come i think google is you know pretty much trying to not level the playing field but to like own the playing field so i mean it's the first web browser with full pipe screensaver integration that's pretty awesome yeah, it is. I don't, uh, yeah, it it is interesting in that it's Google's first application that's really hit the mainstream. That isn't, you know, their website or another web app. I mean, this is a desktop app that's pretty good uh, from Google. Yeah, I all right. So, just one more thing to say about that. I heard on CNET's The Real Deal podcast that the three main, uh. The three main priorities for the Google Chrome team for 2009 are third-party like add-ins, you know, uh, like Firefox has, and then a Mac version, and then a Linux version. Which I think the last two are like somewhat uninteresting. But uh, the first one, if you know Chrome gets like third-party application support or uh, add-in support, that's going to be interesting. Yeah, I definitely use Firefox madly, mostly because I couldn't live without. Web developer extension, Firebug, a whole bunch of the add-ons. Yeah, I don't know. What is that called? The the, the Twitter thing? Um, Twitter. Twitter Fox. Something. I'm, I'm sure it starts with Twitter. Yeah, Twitter Fox. That was a mess. Yeah, and, and the Google Calendar add-in, the Gmail add-in, the Delicious add-in. Uh, Grease Monkey. Uh, yeah. So 
Chrome's got a lot to live up to because there's just a lot of entrenched time in these apps. Exactly. Yeah, and... Oh, I, Fire FTP. My favorite FTP client is just a Firefox extension. Interesting. Even more favorite than FileZilla? Yeah. <gasps> my goodness. Okay, so that, that so we both agree that Google has released a browser in 2008. Yes, <laughs> okay. and that it's news. All right. Here, all right, here's news that falls close to both of our hearts, is that pretty much Stargate as we know it is over. We had the... Uh, the last movie of the Stargate SG-1 series released, uh, Continuum, which we talked about, which was awesome, like totally awesome. And the ending of Atlantis was announced with a kind of vague hint that we're going to have another series next year, but there's really been nothing that's been set in stone. But they did they did mention they want to do the straight-to-DVD movies because they felt the SG-1 movies were very successful. They were, and I think Atlantis could be quite successful. Um, and in the gaming side of things, there's an upcoming game. You might have seen ads for it, especially during uh, Atlantis episodes for Stargate Worlds, an MMORPG based on Stargate. Um, there's a website out there. It's days since Cheyenne Mountain employees have been paid.com, which as of today is at 47 days. So yeah, it's got stiffed right before Christmas. And by all reports, they're still showing up to work. So the game's not dead, but... You have to wonder if they're not paying their employees, will it actually make it out the door? I would, you know, no matter how passionate I was about something, it would be very hard for me to go to work for 47 days and not get paid for it. At this point, do you just keep showing up hoping that someday they'll show up and be like, oh, oops, here's your check. (laughs) Sorry. I don't know. If they can't afford to pay your employees, then, oh, that's bad. That's really bad. But you never know. So Stargate is really, the face of Stargate has changed. So, who knows what's going to happen. Okay, uh, the next, number six in our list of things that happened in 2008. iPhone 2.0, or as they know it in the rest of the world, the iPhone 3G, and the iTunes App Store. The rest of the world being... Everybody but you. Oh, I I did write that note. Anyway, uh, yeah, so the price point on the iPhone dropped amazingly. Uh, it, it seems like everybody has one now. They really have become almost ubiquitous. Well, I'll tell you, I'm pr- I'm pretty much looking to uh, to get one of those. Uh, it just, uh, but I'm kind of holding off to say, can they just release a 32 gigabyte version, please? Then I will go buy one right away. Or could they go off AT and T? That'll never happen. I- I'll even go to AT and T. You know what? I-, I will like I will. I will take my soul, shred it, and burn it in a cesspool of sulfur to have uh, to have an iPhone. There we go. Yeah, I've said I don't it. Why, I don't know why the AT&T bothers me so much because I, I have AT&T for cable and internet. But yeah, exactly. Just, I, don't, I don't want to be on AT&T wireless. Go figure. Um, but what hits us since we're lowly touch owners is the iTunes app store. So there's Ooh. just – crap load of third-party software you can get for prices ranging from free to 15 bucks wirelessly you can just sit on your machine and click 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 and you have it without connecting to a computer which is pretty cool yeah overheard in communities all over the place gee i wish there was an application for insert application idea here my ipod touch oh wait there is (laughs) a lot of them a lot of the freebies are bad 
but it's it's maturing quickly. It, it is. Uh, the the social networking apps are actually pretty good. So I, you, I like that. If you didn't need a Mac for the SDK, I'd be really tempted to pick up as a hobby. It would, but then to get anything to actually develop them, then you have to go through the whole crap, and you have to pay for the SDK. Pfft, who wants to pay for stuff? Yeah, who who does that? Uh, not me. Okay. All right. Number seven. I thought we weren't ranking these. Well, it's number seven in our list of ten. They're not. The it's seventh not... one we've mentioned again in no particular order. No <laughs> offense, to the other nine. Right. The rise of the solid state drive. So I... like the MacBook Air. That was basically what I was thinking. That it, it, it like it, it's not like everybody's using solid state drives because the technology's still kind of new, but it's basically it's been shown to be viable. So it has. I mean, I don't think this is the year they'll ascend, but we'll definitely remember this is the year they really hit the market. Yeah, it, it's they, they stopped being like you know five thousand dollars for like two gigabytes of solid state storage and it's like you know a couple hundred dollars for a couple hundred gigabytes or you know or a hundred gigabytes that's pretty major um unfortunately they're now fighting like pennies per gig on the standard hard drive front right but you know what maybe for all we know maybe they're driving the price pressure anyway so yeah hey i'll take it it'll be interesting to see what happens in the next couple of weeks so uh Here's a, here's an interesting one. In the online gaming world, we're starting to see microtransactions enter the mainstream. I don't know what so, that means. There's been a r- serious resistance in online games to ever involving real money. Like People are okay with paying a subscription fee now, that, and we can credit that mostly to World of Warcraft. Yeah. Um, so people are now okay with, oh, it's 10 or $15 a month to play a game. But they hate the idea, generally speaking, that... I could go pay 50 cents and buy something in the game with that 50 cents. Ah. Now, this has been a really popular model in, like, uh, in the East, like the Asian countries. It's never taken up in the West, but it's starting to, you're starting to see some of the big players bring in microtransactional kind of things. Like, give us a dollar and you have a thousand points to spend on pretend stuff in the game. Um, it has been big for tween games. So, like, if you ever heard of Habit Hotel, no like, games like that, but those are more social. So they're like social games, and you buy pretend furniture for your pretend house. Um, <laughs> Sounds enticing. You know, I, I I could crack jokes about it, but these companies make millions of dollars, so it's it's a it is a big market. But it, it's a strange market, right? It's it's the tweens who really do this. Um, but what we're seeing now is. Some of the big gaming companies, uh, World of Warcraft has started adding some microtransactional servers. You can pay to have your character image changed, basically. Um, EverQuest 2 this year released a new service where you can buy not really important in-game items. So you can get some trivial stuff, some like decorative items, a couple of minor like minor enhancements, but they're, they're nothing big enough to cause any changes to game balance. So it's, it's really interesting to see that. And the big news was... Uh, Star Wars The Old Republic, which is an upcoming online game, um, that, that's a AAA title, um, and there was an announcement that was then partially retracted, but it sounds like they might be tending towards microtransactions too. So we might see a new business model coming up in online gaming where instead of paying a flat fee per month, you pay um, f- for incremental advancement inside of the game. And for more news like this, listen to the World IV cast. Oh, thanks for thanks for the pimp. <laughs> no, that I uh, you should talk about that in the World IV cast. I should. 
And but that was ve- I, I did not know that this is oh, wait very- I did last time. Oh okay. I, I don't. I, you, you should listen to the World IV cast. I, I do. I just don't absorb any of it. All right. I so, just remember you talk really fast about about games, and I'm like, oh, I, know, I, talk, I talk a lot faster there. I don't stammer and stutter, and, or even really think about what I say. <laughs> oh, so it's like real life. Uh, exactly. So the economy died. Yay! Zero percent Fed rate. What more? What more do we? What more can you say to that? Really? Um, and I mean, we're making light of it, but it's it's really bad. I mean, there are layoffs across the board. I mean, tech sector, entertainment sector, manufacturing. Yeah. I mean, retail is doing awfully. Although Amazon had a absolutely banner year. He did. But so, despite the bad economy, do you know what Amazon's number one selling electronics item was this year? The Kindle. No, it was an eighteen hundred dollar fifty-two inch television. <laughs> wow. So the economy's getting worse, but I don't know that I'm going to declare it bad yet. I think it'll get. I think. Well, I don't. I don't want to make any predictions because this is only retrospect. But I think that yes, it could definitely be worse. It's we're not we're not living in a gilded age. You know, I think people are being realistic, and you know, sometimes the truth hurts, and you know. Who knows? Yeah, and we've—I mean, we saw the crash of thirty years of people gambling on their houses. Yeah, well, whose fault is that? Let me—I'll give you a hint. Not mine. <laughs> okay. I, all right. So rent, of course, because I rent, and you know what? I'm just going—I'm going to be there to pick up the pieces when everybody else is out living on the street. I'm going to be living in their house. So, um, <laughs> so uh, do you know what's worse than the economy crashing? The let me guess. Uh, the entire earth changing into a big soup of strangelets that would be much worse but that didn't happen this year it didn't although However, the large hadron collider did it come online i mean there was a lot of news and they're like the world's going to end and then the world didn't end and it, know, this maybe- is i'll give you a hint or i'll not give you a hint i'll tell you the it's inform uninformed masses there a large hadron collider came online and they spun some uh protons around the ring and the world did not was not destroyed, but that's only because they weren't spinning uh, these protons and antiprotons against each other. And then it promptly broke and will not be operational till next year. So they're not actually going to collide anything till probably late next year. It's hadron, not hadron. I don't well, know. I, I sound don't. like an idiot now. All our all our listeners are going to write in and that Pat's an idiot. He should be off the show. Hadron. Just remember. I don't know. Just remember that it has a long A. <laughs> That's not a very good mnemonic device. I remember, right. <laughs> I no, remember how to pronounce that. Stop it talking. You're done. <laughs> okay. Time well, out. Time out. So now a word from our sponsor. Okay. We have, uh, we we have, have a sponsor? To... Why no. didn't you tell me? <laughs> All right. Now... I pay for our web hosting, jerk. Oh, okay. Well, now, now, all right. so now a word from our sponsor, Pat. <laughs> <laughs> no way! I, I I bought the recording software, so I'm a sponsor too. So okay, yeah, we're even. Never so I don't mind. I don't want to I don't want to have to hear any extra from you. So <laughs> so you're welcome, listeners. All right. Well, so Pat. All right. So now we've talked about we've looked back into that mystical uh, time or the mists of time, I should say, called 2008, where you know where people drew on the walls of caves with the blood of mammoths. And and discovered that by banging two rocks together, you could make fire. 
But now we're going to look forward into the magical realm of 2009, where everybody's good looking and well, that's it. You know, if you if that was actually the case, that would be nice. But they so. they all eat tofu and drive hybrid cars. But they eat tofu and drive hybrid cars, so there will be more bacon and SUVs for you and me. <laughs> so those aren't really our predictions. What what do we predict? Well, we have Pat and Craig's top ten geek predictions for two thousand nine in no particular order. <laughs> so number one in no particular order is. The announcement of the successor to the Xbox 360. Hmm. Face, face it, the console's been around for like three years already, so it, it's it's about time. I, I I'm know. not saying I'm not saying it will be released. I'm saying that we will find out that there will be a successor to it. Right, and I I think that might be all we find out is they'll be like, and there will be an Xbox 720, exactly. or something. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, the team to design the next generation Xbox was at work while the 360 was being released, so I'm sure they've got ideas rolling. So it, it would be very, I think it would be very cool because they were out before the Wii and the PlayStation 3, so you know it's pretty. Yeah, I don't know. There's gonna, be, there's like uh, they've had a long time to kind of see where everybody else is faltering, and they can really improve on everything. And as an aside. They, the Xbox released something they call the NXE, which is the new Xbox experience, uh, about a month ago. Yep. It's actually pretty cool. So I've signed up for Netflix now, and I can order streaming movies and then watch them immediately on my Xbox. Yeah. Well, that's there all. you go. That's very so, cool. Um, and that's that's a really unique feature for them, that partnership. So I think uh, I think hearing about a successor isn't isn't out of the question. And so which just goes to show that the consoles have become platforms. It's not they're not gaming devices, they are. Oh yeah, it's definitely a battle for control of the set top. Yep. So okay. Uh number two. Out in no particular order. Pat? <laughs> uh Windows seven gets released. You mean Windows seven, which is now penned up in a prison somewhere in Central America, is going to finally be released? It's get, it's going to go before the parole board and be like, I'm not going to eat three gigs of RAM just to display a web browser. And we all know that's true. Do you think Windows 7, the first thing it will say is, I promise I'll allow you to address all four gigs of those RAM, or of that RAM? I wonder. I bet it will. I bet it won't. Because so, my prediction is it will, not, it will basically be Windows Vista with fancy clothes. I don't think they dare do that, right? Vista was... You know, perception-wise, a colossal failure. So I think if this is, uh, if Windows Seven sees the light of day this year, it'll be good. I don't know. Well, we'll see. Because because at the end of this or at end of next year, at the end of two thousand nine, you and I will revisit these and see if uh, any of our predictions came true. Yeah, we'll be keeping score. Any yeah. prediction? Exactly. Any predictions like the next generation of the Amazon Kindle? Um, I'm going to disagree with you on this one because you still can't get like a regular Kindle. So you think they'll, they'll have the next generation already? I don't know. It's been around for two years. It's two years without, you know, upgrading or anything. That's pretty bad. I think that the next generation of an Amazon Kindle will maybe use one of the flexible screens or something, or it will be a two paned one. Oh, that's a possibility. You know, where you, like you can read it like a regular book and have two pages facing each other. So... 
The only reason I might go with this one is uh, I'm starting to see electronic paper around. Like, I'm starting to see it in places. Like, it's getting use. So I saw it just tonight. Where? At McDonald's. So the little collection boxes for the Ronald McDonald charities. Yeah. The strip on top of it has, like, a picture, and then that's overlaid with e-ink. So it can, like, dim out the picture, and it can display text. It can display, like, reverse font text. Does it look cool? It's it's pretty good. I mean, you don't notice at first that you're looking at a screen because it's, I don't know if you've seen any if you've ever used a, one of these ebook readers or anything, I haven't. I've never seen e-ink live in person. E-ink really does look like paper. I mean, it's it's incredible. Huh. So, interesting. Uh, I, I don't think you're right on this one, but it could happen. Well, you're not you're not using drugs. I can't I can neither confirm nor deny that. So, uh, do you have any predictions about iPhones? I, here's my prediction for the iPhone. I think that the iPhone line is going to fork. Uh, I, I think I don't think that I think that the version that like, we have now, the iPhone 3G. What? Okay, make your stupid joke. Well, not in that tone of voice. <laughs> no, come on! I want to hear it now. So, like, like the iPhone's going to attack both my king and my queen at the same time. <laughs> yes. Thank you. All right. All right. Are you done? I guess so. <laughs> All right. So the uh, so I think the iPhone is going to fork. I think the current platform that we have uh, with the iPhone 3G, I think there will be an upgrade at some point, hopefully early in the year, early, early, early in the year. Hint, hint, hint to all iPhone manufacturers uh, where 32 gigabyte iPhone is really not a big deal. I mean, it's like, oh, we're going to double the RAM, you know, talk amongst yourselves. So that's I just need them to say those that one sentence and then I'll go buy one. Okay. Like, Here take my paycheck. All right. So speaking of Apple and iTunes, okay. I'm not I'm not reading this one. This is your stupid idea. <laughs> I think iTunes will offer a majority of their music DRM free. So I'm just going to take issue with you saying majority. I think they're going to expand their DRM free um offerings especially in light of Amazon MP3 store. Which That's is exactly why I think yeah. MP3s, um, which they actually gave us five dollars credit because they had some special going this Christmas, oh. uh, and it's it's really good. I mean, you find your MP3 and download it, and yay! Um, so I think they'll offer more, but I I can't say a majority. Well, here's to hoping. I I'd love to see it. I just don't think I don't think this is quite the year. the The big labels haven't quite understood how these fancy computers work. But the thing is. They seem to understand how fancy computers work just fine with Amazon.com. That's true. It's just that Apple doesn't have any motivation to. And I think if Amazon catches on, then uh, the only thing they're fighting, though, is that why do they care? Why would they bother? Because now you can – they have the iTunes music store uh, on your iPhone. So why are people going to, you know, buy anything – it's like, oh, I'm going to go to Amazon.com, go sit in front of my computer. I, I buy. I have to tell you, I buy stuff from my iPod Touch all the time. So, okay, and, and it's because it's convenient. Okay, but hopefully they do. Um, all right, will you actually read one? How about this next one? Can you read that oh, one? Sure, I agree with this next one. Facebook jumps the shark. We might be late. I'm not making this up. Just today at work, my boss called uh, another person over just to tell him. In his opinion, Facebook has officially jumped the shark because his mother signed up for a Facebook account this week. Yeah, that's true. I've seen a lot of older people jumping the shark. So I think – And I'm not saying old people can't use computers, but I am saying a social network that was originally for high school and college students now being used by absolutely everyone is a sign that the shark might be there. 
Yeah, it, it, it just becomes like it, – it's like MySpace basically where everybody's on it, so it's like not special anymore. However, I'm going to throw up an alternative possibility, and that's that Facebook becomes part of the fabric of the internet just like Google is right now. Interesting. So it becomes so big that it's just – it's no longer amazing because – of course you can search the web and find what you actually care to find. And of course you have this giant network where you can locate everyone you've ever known in your entire life and play stupid games. Interesting. I, I, yeah. So and that's a, that, I would argue that's a form of jumping the shark. You know, it's not descent into obscurity. It's just that – It's where they sell out, man, and they're not cool anymore. Yeah. yeah. All right. So speaking of selling out, uh, I predict that Yahoo – will finally be bought because their CEO, Jerry Yang, is gone and he's not making unreasonable demands anymore because he's not in a position to. So I think Yahoo oh, finally bought. He's not like gone. He's still Chief Yahoo. That's his job title. Chief Yahoo? Chief Yahoo. Do you know where the term Yahoo comes from? Um, wasn't it that comedian guy who did Young Einstein? No. Yahoo Serious? No. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, it comes from uh, the fourth part of Gulliver's Travels, where uh, Gulliver travels to the island of the Huininims, and uh, it's like basically a land of uh, intelligent horses, and like all the primates are called yahoos, and they're basically these like beasts, you know, like gorillas or whatever that are just like, you know, stupid animals. And so, like, a yahoo is basically meant to be like some like. Stupid, unwashed animal. So that's what a oh. Yahoo is. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So I think it'll finally be bought. They're gonna basically. They're like they just need to be bought because they they jumped the shark about fifteen years ago. So okay, all right. Um, they're they're a good property, right? I mean, their their value is kind of tanked, but they're not doing badly. No, they have they're, yeah good infrastructure. They just have no brand anymore. Right. So they've, they've got a lot of users. Cool. I like users. Okay. So uh, we've got another prediction. World of Warcraft will reach 13 million users. So they're at 11.5 million now. Um, that That's a reasonable number. Okay. Uh, they've had a couple interesting phenomena this year where people leave to go try one of the other new games. And in about one or two months, they come right back. So uh, they're definitely the big gorilla on the block there. Um and you've got this note that they'll have another expansion. I don't. I can't see it happening this year. Their Blizzard is notorious. They they announced they wanted to do an expansion a year, but they are absolutely notorious for being late with their software. With the corollary that their stuff rarely is bad. Uh, they win Game of the Year all the time, and they generally release really good games when they do. Hmm. Well, I don't so, know. I'm positive they'll announce an expansion, but I'm extremely skeptical that they'd release it within the year. You know, it could be December 18th that they release it. You know, it doesn't have to be, like, June. You never know. I okay, mean, it- but just just as a point of reference, the previous expansion came out in January of 07, followed by an expansion in November 08. So they'd have to cut nearly 50% out of their development cycle. It's not impossible. You never know. Well, I guess it just depends on the nature of the upgrade. Uh, you know, because people, you know, the fact that people got the Lich King and were up to level 80 within, like, you know, days. So, you know, I mean, it just, everybody is, I Actually don't know. Took 13 hours for the first person. All right, all right within day. <laughs> Which is, uh, he's, he's the same guy who hit level 70 within 28 hours of the last expansion. Like, he pre plans his approach 
to not actually play the game in any kind of a fun fashion, but he plans and optimizes a strategy to just hit max level as fast as possible, which I guess is just another game. And the coolest part of Wrath of the Lich King is the Ozzy Osbourne commercial. Yes, that is very cool. All right. Next. I, 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 I say that 64-bit processors will sell, outsell 32-bit. Uh, all right, so... I will agree with that. And which, if that's not, that may be happening already, I don't know. Because 64-bit processors can run 32-bit, it's fine. But I think with Windows 7 being released, uh, they're going to release a 64-bit version, and I think that that will start to be pretty uh, prolific. It's we we are on the we, we just can't like live on this four gigabyte limit anymore. We have to go to sixty four bit. It, it's going to be some pain, and I know because I know you're going to like jump all over this, but we just can't like last much longer on a thirty two uh, thirty two bit platform OS. Platform. Do you know what I can't use on a sixty four bit platform? Does it have the word anal in it? <laughs> uh, no. Oh, okay. Then I don't know. It has the word iPod in it. (laughs) Apple still does not have 64-bit drivers for the iPod. Well, that's Apple. But I I mean, come on. Vista 64-bit was was where this was supposed to stop being a problem. Like, I have Windows XP, you are our redheaded bastard child 64-bit edition. Yeah. And so that, I'm a little bit understanding on why the support never hit, but... Vista 64-bit is all over the place, and yet the driver support is still spotty, even though they already had to rewrite drivers to work. I say so Vista 64, C number two of our previous list. <laughs> Nobody, nobody's taking it seriously, so why? You know, I think people are just like, screw Vista. We don't, we're just, I don't think anybody's putting any energy into it at all. That's my guess. So I'm pessimistic about the 64-bit OS taking its share. Okay, so, all right, so our number 10 prediction for 2009. Okay, uh, Web 2.0 finally becomes mainstream, so social networking and all of that, uh, which is related to Facebook Jumps the Shark, right? Yep. Uh, it's it's going to become a fact of life, just like Google became a verb, right? Yep. So I've got this uh, blog post I found on uh, Cedar Street Publishing, Um where the owner of that blog uh, puts BrightKite up against Twitter. So most of us know what Twitter is. It's a microblog that you can text from your phone and be like, I am eating McDonald's, yum. Go onto your little microblog so everyone who doesn't care that you're eating McDonald's and that it's yummy can know. Uh, But... So BrightKite, I think you've used BrightKite more than I have. <laughs> sure. Uh, actually, I, I, when, when I read this in the show notes, you put this link in there, I went and followed it. And I'm like, hmm, I'll have to check this out. So I went and signed up for BrightKite. It's basically Twitter except for it's location-based rather than uh, friend-based. So this person in the article argues that Twitter's really easy to use and it makes perfect sense. You write things and people read it. But with BrightKite, it's something where uh, you actually either type in your location or if you're on like a – Something that like a, a location aware device that has a bright kite client, it will find it will find you, and uh, it will actually find other people near you. So it's basically you have kind of like instant friends. So you can see what other people in your location are saying. The only thing with bright kite, it doesn't have a very big user base right now because it's kind of new, but it does have a uh, iPhone slash iPod Touch client, 
and uh, it's pretty cool. I actually look. I signed up, and I'm like, hmm, I think I'm going to try this, and uh, I, I'm looking forward to kind of checking it out a little bit more. But I agree. But the fact that things like this come up and people aren't just like, huh, I don't get it. You know, it's people are willing to try new Web 2.0 things. So I think that it's there. Right. And I mean, the kind of the arguable definition of Web 2.0 is that it is where, you know, we've, we merge web social technology and users are generating the content that appears on Web 2.0. Exactly. And that, I mean, there's absolutely no sign of a let up in that becoming the rage. I mean, YouTube is continuing to grow. Twitter is continuing to grow and even stay up most of the time lately. Yeah. Although it's hard to get – one thing the person in this article says, and I agree, it's hard to get people to follow you on Twitter. It's growing, but it is fairly self-absorbed. So it's hard – first of all, it's hard to find interesting people to follow. And Except for our favorite Twitterer, Tweak and Geek. Tweak and Geek, spelled Tweak and Geek. Well, that's not really spelled. Yeah, yeah so thanks, thanks for clearing that right up. <laughs> yeah, but uh, but so it, but it's very you know it's a, it, it all the stuff is pretty self absorbed. But yeah, it's and a lot of people still don't understand the point of Twitter. But anyone who matters does understand. And I will say that uh, on the specific topic of bright kite versus Twitter, my favorite uh, point that the author makes here is uh, that he has bright kite cross post to Twitter. So Twitter's definitely the established big player. Um, but there are a bunch of really cool new uh, sites. I mean, there's uh, there are a million flavors of microblog, and then there are like Livestream and its competitors, which go out and try to aggregate all your web presence into one central location. Interesting. And I even uh, I know you and I both use uh, different systems, but we both have Twitter cross-post to Facebook. Yep, exactly, and it, and it works fine. So... You know, and I'm gonna see what they have for integration with Brightkite. See if I can post to Twitter and have it go to Brightkite or something like that. That would be friggin' awesome. Yeah. So, well, I would have to say, Pat, that we have now just like given people another reason to not commit violent, gory suicide in the year 2009, because you they are going to live to see all these wonders that we have predicted. Not to mention that we're now podcasting more than ever before, and so they wouldn't want to miss any of our riveting episodes. They are riveting. Like, our episodes inject little metal fastenings into metal. Yes. Yes, exactly. And apparently you have contracted Asperger's syndrome, so... (laughs) (laughs) So, on that note... On that note... I encourage, and so does Pat, but on behalf of Pat and I, I encourage you to call us at 678-999-6321. Leave us a voicemail because we're dying to hear from you, our loyal and wonderful listeners. You can also email us at tg at tweakinggeek.com or you can come visit our blog at tweakinggeek.com slash podcast uh, and leave some comments for us. Or you can check out our Facebook group, Tweaking Geek. So, any shout-outs, Pat? I have Asperger's. Why would I do that? Apparently, I don't know how to socialize. <laughs> the truth. See? See, yeah, like only someone with Asperger's would say something like that. <laughs> well, no, I, wanna, I just want to shout-out to – there's a few of our listeners that are, like, awesomely – like, they listen, like, the second a new show comes up, and they comment, and you guys rock. And, and also, the guy um, – 
we did the what was that article that we did last last time where the author actually uh Oh yeah, our Christmas list. We did on that Christmas list one, the like the nine top ones where we talked about like the Algin and Celtic and the astronomy stuff. The author of that blog post uh, actually uh commented on our blog. So thank you very much. You know who you are because I don't. <laughs> and and he he definitely said you've got to get on astronomy because I think you were the one ripping on astronomy. No, yeah, I I actually I think astronomy is cool. See, I, I felt very bad because actually I went back and listened to it after I read what he said. And I was like, yeah, these first three are about astronomy, and that is uninteresting to me. So I felt I – was, I was very condescending about it. So, and he was very nice. And so. he has a gravatar. It, yes, he has a gravatar. So everyone who does not have a gravatar, go to www.gravatar.com and get a gravatar. Awesome. And, and you should also go check out our episode 17 show notes, or rather our comments, because you'll get to see an awesome picture of this really hot guy in a totally dorky t-shirt with a Wi-Fi detector. <laughs> That's right. So, all right. The podcast is over. You go home now. Bye. Bye. Make your elephant sound. <laughs> okay. Um, make, make your orphan being eaten by an elephant sound. I, I don't have one of those. How about this? Oh, look at the lovely elephant. <laughs> <laughs> ah!